0: So, hello everyone, my name is Jillian Riley. I just wrapped up my fifth year season um, as a captain and defender of the BC women's lacrosse team. Um, I graduated in 2020 with a communications degree uh, and just recently completed my master's uh, in sports administration from BC's uh, Woods College of Advancing Studies. Uh, While at BC, I was uh, lucky enough to be a part of four national championship appearances. Which was a really cool experience because I was able to play alongside the best of the best uh, under our head coach Keisha Walker and the rest of our rock star coaching staff for five years. Um, and then, you know, I was lucky enough to wrap up my career clinching um, the program's first ever national championship trophy. So, truly, couldn't have asked for a better end to my career. Uh, and I'm excited to see where the, where the program grows uh, from here. But yeah, I'm excited to be on the show. I'm excited to you know talk all things women's lacrosse and um, yeah, just be more of a presence in the media. And you know hopefully we'll start to do some interviews and get some players on here. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of it.
1: Very cool. Um, so I am David Vick. I am not as athletic as Jillian Riley or as smart. <laughs> I did not get into BC. I did apply, but did not get in. Um, <laughs> so I just love women's lacrosse. I did play lacrosse in high school. Um, once again, not as good as Jillian Riley, but um, I just love uh, women's lacrosse. It's my favorite sport. I fell in love with it watching um, Boston College play. The first ever women's lacrosse game I saw was when BC made it to the national championship against Maryland at um, Gillette Stadium. That was the first game I saw, and I was hooked on it ever since. And then how could you not be a Boston College fan? They're just the best. Um I did do some play-by-play commentating for Mercer's women's lacrosse team. Um, let's see. I was an intern with the Women's Professional Lacrosse League when that was still a thing. So basically, I'm just a journalist. That is my major. Will be graduating in December, and I just want to help promote the sport. And as a feminist, I just want to help promote female athletes in general. So that's both of us. And this is um, the player and the journalist. She is the player. I am the journalist. Um, So yeah, we're just going to get this show going and learn as we go and hopefully get a lot of people to listen to it. So we're going to start off with a recap of last season. And I guess the first thing I'll start off with in terms of the recap, I think it's important to start at the beginning of the season um, with North Carolina. I mean, obviously, last season seemed to mostly be about the ACC. The Big Ten wasn't as good as it has been in years past. Maryland wasn't Maryland. Um, but UNC was ranked number one the entire season up until the last IWLCA rankings came out, when Boston College took over the top spot after they won the national championship. Um, so I I would just like to get your thoughts on uh, North Carolina. Obviously, you played them; they were number one the whole season, like I said, and they were definitely the favorites. Um, and all the media attention was going to North Carolina. So what are what are your thoughts on North Carolina, and what were your thoughts like during the season, before you played them, during when you played them, and after?
0: Yeah. I mean, UNC has always been a a big rival for us. And, you know, I think they have a good team every year. They bring in top recruits every year. And I think they always have so many different threats and so much depth. And I think that's what makes them, you know, hard to beat. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they have a lot of top players, Jamie Ortega, obviously, and and Katie Hogue uh, returning. So they had a good mix of uh, experience as well as you know newcomers so um, coming in as num- ranked number one I think they sort of had a target on their back uh, but I think they have an awesome coaching staff with uh, Jenny Levy and you know they're a force to be reckoned with from day one and you know when the preseason rankings came out uh, but I think yeah I think I think they, they brought in a lot of talent a lot of skill so I think you know they set the bar high for the ACC and you know there's a, there's a lot of competition and everyone wanted to beat them just because they were number one. So I think heading into uh, this season, you know, we, we were focused on ourselves, but I think that was sort of always a lingering thought in the back of our head was, you know, our first ACC game was, was going to be against UNC. Um, so I think we took those, those, those film assignments really seriously leading up to that game because it, you know, we knew it was going to take everything in us to beat them um, just because, they're such a powerhouse and, you know, there was a lot of talk in the media about them being the best UNC team to have even gone through UNC. So there's a lot of talk and, you know, a lot of hype around them. So I think it was, it was a, a a big statement game for us when we stepped up to play them Um, back in, I think early March, it was, you know, we, like I said before, it's a big rivalry always. And I think we sort of learned our lesson, um, you know, we lost, we, they scored 21 goals against us in that first game. So they just showed up. They were the better team that day. I think we were, um, you know, experience wise, we, we had a lot of um, underclassmen who we were still trying to get ready, you know, and prepare them to play uh, at the biggest stage and women's lacrosse. And so they definitely proved, proved themselves that day uh, UNC against us, but it was, it was also a learning experience for, for our team. And I think, was also sort of a statement game for us. We sort of, you know, we went home feeling super down, you know, anytime a team scores that many goals against you, you sort of have to step back and you have to reevaluate. Um, so that's exactly what we did. And, you know, they, they just had such a standout season. Obviously they were undefeated um, all the way up until our final four game against them, but yeah, they're awesome. And I give them a lot of credit. I think, you know, they, they worked really hard all season despite being number one. Sometimes that's a lot of pressure, but they prove themselves day in and day out, um, and then you know they made it they made it to the final four stage, and they have for many years um, to come. So I think, yeah, I think UNCs definitely was a powerhouse all season, and you know just final four weekend came around. it's It's not always the best team that wins. Our coaches always say it's it's the team that that shows up and plays the best. So that's sort of the mentality that we took um, heading into the season and heading into final four weekend.
1: Awesome. Um, so obviously you kind of touched on it and I'm sure every team is this way throughout the season, but each team is focused on themselves and they're not really focused on a whole lot of other teams. Obviously when you play a game and you prep for them, you're focused on them, but it seemed like as the season went on, it was really a four team race kind of thing to see who was going to be the last one standing because North Carolina, they played Stony Brook, um, at the start of the season, I think it was, and they. They blew them out in the second half. They played Florida, who was around, who was in the top 10 uh, most of the season. They handled them pretty easily. And it just seemed, at least from my point of view, that it was going to be North Carolina. And then the top four was basically North Carolina, Syracuse, Boston College, and Northwestern the rest of the season. Um, obviously, Boston College started the season ranked really low. Won't even get into that because that was a joke. <laughs> but... Um, Would you agree that it was really UNC, Syracuse, Boston College, Northwestern, and then everyone else? Or would you, do you think that there were other teams that had a shot?
0: You know, honestly, I I think that since the ACC was so strong this year, um, you know, we, we always said that on any given day, it could have been any ACC uh, team to win. You know, we had, we had close games with Louisville, um, yeah, we had close games, you know, our game versus UVA in the first half, it was close. So I I definitely do think that those four teams, you know, um, just were the most consistent, I would say, in terms of their ranking, you know, in the midst of the season, and there wasn't, there wasn't too much change. Uh, All four teams were pretty consistent, but I think just the ACC overall is such a dominant league that I think, you know, it could have been any, any team sliding into those top four slots and uh, the Big Ten also, obviously, you, you mentioned it earlier, Maryland wasn't the Maryland team that they have been in the past, but I think they also, they were pretty dominant and they they had some, some key players also that, you know, kept them up in the rankings. But, yeah, I do think overall that those top four teams stayed the most consistent um, in the rankings.
1: All right. Um, as another question for you, based on obviously playing in the ACC, going into the season, I was expecting um, Notre Dame to be one of the best teams in the country, and they were. I mean, they were in the top ten the whole season, top, top five for a lot of the season. Um, do you think that Notre Dame would have been a Final Four team had um, Andy Aldave not gotten injured the first game of the season? And then it was kind of hard to watch her the rest of the season because she never really got back to being herself. Um, do you think that really hurt Notre Dame um, as the season went on?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think anytime a team, you know, suffers uh, injured, like has to deal with injured players, it's always tough because not only are you, you know, losing uh, talent and skill and speed, um, especially through the midfield, but you're you're losing leadership. Um, you know, you're you're losing just a spark that, you know, sometimes teams rely on in order to carry them throughout the season. Um, but I I don't necessarily think it was it was because of. Um, all Dalve's injury. I think they faced a couple other injuries and in key players. And then, you know, they were, they were a young team too. So I think it was probably just a mix of everything um, all at once, you know, you're losing leadership. You're also, you're trying to welcome in underclassmen and get them caught up to the speed of the game. And, you know, for, for us, for every team this season, you know, some teams didn't have a fall, they didn't have a fall ball. So there was the timeline to get ready for season was a lot shorter Um and I think even coming off of, of the COVID year, you you take you sort of play like there's tomorrow isn't guaranteed. So I think there's just a lot going on from the end of the canceling of last season and you know sort of an, an accelerated fall. So I think it was a mix of a lot of things. But you know when, a, when one of your top players goes down, it's 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 always a struggle to bounce back from that, and you know other other players have to step up and take over. So I think that was ultimately Notre Dame's issue. They're they're a phenomenal team. We faced them um, in a series weekend, um, this past week or this past season. And, you know, and then we faced them again in the elite eight and they put up a fight, you know, they have, they still had a bunch of key players step up and their, their coaching staff is, is, is really bright and they put in a lot of strategy and we knew that it was going to take everything we had to beat them. So, you know, like, like I said before, it's, it's tough when a player goes down, but I think there was a lot of things that added to sort of their slow, um, progress, especially toward the end of the season.
1: All right, for sure. Um, fast forwarding to the Final Four now. We're we'll get to the BC North Carolina game in a second, but if we can start with Syracuse Northwestern, that game was very interesting. Um, obviously, even on the broadcast, when they were they were talking about this during both of the final four games they are like North Carolina and Northwestern. We might finally get to see them play in the championship game. We wanted to see them play all season. They've been one, two, but Syracuse was having none of that. And they, they really, they really handled um, Northwestern. Like obviously Northwestern got it within a few goals at one point, but it was really never that close of a game. Were you surprised at how Syracuse played Northwestern and how they were able to, to beat them?
0: You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I think that just first from, from the Northwestern perspective, I think coming into the final four, having uh, only played in conference games, I think there was a lot of talk about that. And, you know, it, I'm not one to say that, you know, that was the reason they lost it. You know, it, it just, it the competitive atmosphere of the final four and, and only playing um, teams within the big 10, you get to the biggest stage in women's lacrosse and obviously teams are pulling out all the stops and everyone's playing with a little extra heart. Um, but, you know, Syracuse is, and was such a dominant te- team this season. We faced them in a tough series. Also we won one and then we lost one. And then, you know, we felt short to them in the ACC se- uh, tournament semifinal. So I-, I wasn't really surprised and I knew how strong they were. And um, they had, they have a lot of depth despite losing Harris Chuck and um, Carney in- during the season, they had a bunch of people step up and, they've always had so much depth uh, through the midfield. So, you know, I, I, I was shocked, but I also wasn't um, once a team like Syracuse scores a few goals and starts to spread the lead. I think it's, it's near impossible to come back um, against a team like that. So I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised also, once they got ahead of a few goals, I think Northwestern sort of just crumbled and they were able to run away with it.
1: Mm-hmm. So you kind of just mentioned it when uh, with your last sentence there about how they crumbled, I don't know. Obviously, you're a player, so you could kind of speak to this more than I can. It it felt like, I don't want to say the moment was too big for them, but just watching them, they had so many unforced turnovers and just bad passes. And obviously, Syracuse played a great game, not taking anything away from them. But Northwestern, they just had so many turnovers that you're like, you cannot have that turnover in this kind of game. Um, mm-hmm. do, you think, do you think that the moment was too big for them, or they just weren't as good as everyone thought they were? Where, how do you uh, attribute their performance in that game?
0: Yeah, so I think just just coming off of my experience playing in, you know, three national championships, I think being out on that field and, and playing on the big stage, uh, nerves are most definitely a factor. And I think, you know, it, it just sort of showed in their play that the nerves might have been taking over um, a little bit too much, and especially when you're trying to crawl back from such a large – large um lead it's it's sort of hard to just mentally tackle that you know if you're if you don't have um the pieces to the puzzle that you're missing you can't quite figure out the other team's game plan um you know as a defender too right it's it's, it's tough to just take shot after shot and goal after goal and, and keep your confidence up and you know come together as a team and and, and stay confident as a unit Um, that, that definitely looked to be a struggle for them, especially defensively. They just couldn't really stop all of Syracuse's threats. And then I think, you know, offensively, you mentioned it, they just had too many turnovers. And so I think a huge piece of it was just a lot. So much was on the line, right? It's, it's everybody's goal to win a national championship. And I think, um, the nerves probably got the best of them that day. And, and, you know, it was a combination of that and also just not being able to piece things together both offensively and defensively. I think, you know, halftime, it just was sort of like a, you know, we got to get ourselves together. And we got to do our best to, to put up a fight the second half. But like I said, Syracuse just sort of pulled away with it. And I think ultimately that was their their problem. I don't think it was a true t- testament to the team that they were all season. You know, they were a force to be reckoned with in the big 10, you know, they were uh, they were number one the whole, the whole season in their conference. So I don't think that they displayed how much skill and how much talent Um, they truly had. So I, again, I think it was just the final four stage. I think um, players were were playing a little bit more timid and facing a team who they hadn't faced all season is also intimidating. So I think it was a mix of a bunch of different things, but just from my experience, I know that your, your mindset and the mentality that you have heading into the game is, is more than 50% of, of how much, you know, it affects how much you play. So I think that was probably Northwestern's problem um, heading into that game and just sort of, they sort of were just trying to survive it in a sense.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's a really good transition into the BC North Carolina game. When you're talking about how Northwestern didn't really show the team they were the whole season Mm -hmm. as a fan, like just as a fan for the BC um, North Carolina game, I felt like going into the game, the recipe to beat North Carolina was Rachel Hall having the game of her life, just because if you look back at the North Carolina Notre Dame game from earlier in the season, when Notre Dame was in it until the very end, I think they lost by one or two goals. Bridget Dehan was just playing out of her mind, just stopping everything. And she really kept them in the game, even when they were on defense a ton. And so I felt like going into the semifinal game, if Rachel Hall could have the game of her life with all the weapons that North Carolina has, that BC was gonna have a chance to win. And obviously she just played out of her mind, made some incredible saves from your point of view. And from your team's point of view, was there like one thing that you went into the North Carolina game saying, if we do this, we'll give ourselves a chance to win.
0: Um, you know, I don't think it was one thing. Uh, I think each player probably had, you know, one particular focus to sort of simplify things for them, but, but overall as a team, our, our mentality was, was just to play 60 minutes of lacrosse. And, you know, I think, like I said before, when you when you step up and you play a team like North Carolina, you have to simplify things and you have to just stick to the game plan and everybody has to do their job because they are so talented and because they have so many threats. Um, so our main focus was just to play 60 minutes of lacrosse and to play with each other alongside of each other, um, you know and, and you play with a little extra heart when you're out there uh, in the semifinal. Uh, of the national championship weekend you know just looking up and seeing all of our alumni and the fan and in, in the stands and all of our family and friends who had traveled so far you know it's a little bit of that it's a little bit of adrenaline um but no there wasn't there wasn't one thing that we were focused on doing it was sort of you know just just putting together a full 60 minute game and sticking to the game plan
1: Mm-hmm. How would you describe Rachel Hall's performance? Obviously, it wasn't just the semifinal; she was great against Syracuse as well in the championship game. Obviously, you're on the field with her, you you know, like when the breakdowns are going on and stuff. How would you describe her performance in those two games?
0: Being able to get uh, save after save against, you know, Jamie Ortega, Katie Hogue. Uh, I think you know we sort of just built off of that and you know we see her make those unbelievable kick saves and you know you just how can you not have her back she had ours time after time and you know she was just so rock solid back there that I think as a defensive unit we just we rallied around that and we stuck together and you know I think it, it translated like through through the 30s and then down on their offensive end too but I think our spark that game was most definitely her and just how rock solid she was she came up with huge saves at the end of the first half and then obviously throughout the second half that sort of were game changing saves. So, you know, we, we played together as a team, but, but, you know, she was ultimately the one that, that got us to that national championship game. She was just so rock solid and, you know, which I'm just so proud of her. You know, she's, she's put in so much hard work uh, the past few years and, and this whole season to help get this team back to the final four. So just to see her have such a standout game at you know, at the, the most convenient time of, of the season was, was just so awesome. And, you know, we all, we're all big fans of her and we're excited to see what, what she does uh, in the next couple of years to come.
1: How can you not be a fan of her? She was amazing. <laughs> um, <I know. laughs> sticking with the defense. I was super impressed going back to the very beginning of the season with Hunter Roman. I, um, like my god i was like who who's wearing this number 42 and it's like oh that's hunter roman and she was just incredible from like the from the jump i mean obviously she had she was a freshman so she made her mistakes obviously but um like she was just locking people down and then you also had sydney scales another freshman who played great defensively um and the bc defense this year compared to what it was in the covid shortened season i feel like it was so much better this year. Obviously, y'all, y'all weren't a terrible defense or anything in the COVID-shortened season, but um, the freshmen Hunter Roman and Sydney Scales and then Melanie Welch—I can't even forget about her. She was incredible. Um, how would you describe the defense um, for for this season and being able to win a championship? Was the defense the difference uh, this season compared to the three previous national championship games?
0: Um, that's a good question. I I think that. You know our defensive unit. We you know bringing bringing Sydney and, and Hunter in. Um, you know during during preseason from a very um, early point they were just super athletic and you know as a that's super that's a super important quality to have as a defender is just your athleticism and there's a lot uh, in addition to athleticism there's a lot of X's and O's that you have to learn um, defensively in order to fit into the unit and be able to execute. Um, I think overall we, we were, we said it, you know, looking back on the season, we are just sort of progressing a little bit each game, you know, and I think we are following this, this slow sort of uphill progression of, you know, we're getting better. We're learning from our mistakes. um, You know, we're talking to each other, we're building chemistry as a unit. And, you know, I think, I think for me, having been able to play under so many stud defenders and and learn from the best of the best. I think, you know, I sort of stepped into more of a leading role in the past two years and I wanted to bring, bring along these, these two freshmen and, you know, Holly Schleicher as well. She was only a sophomore, but, but one of our best defenders um, this year. And I think we all sort of just rallied around the fact that, we weren't, we weren't one of the top defensive units coming into the season and people really didn't expect much from us. So I think that was sort of our driving force the whole season. And, you know, people didn't think that we were going to be able to put up a good fight against, you know, the UNCs, the Syracuses, the Northwesterns, the top teams and in, in the country. And I think, you know, we always stepped out on the field and with a chip on our shoulder and we had something to prove because you know, we also have, uh, have such a strong offense too, right? Like we had to play against the best of the best in practice, you know, we're we're trying to shut down Charlotte. We're trying to shut down Kara, Jen Mejid. So, you know, we had the best preparation, all the tools and the toolbox that we needed to, to become one of those strong defensive units. So I think when the time came, we just sort of, you know, we, we played for each other. We played um, knowing that again, we weren't a, a unit that was talked about or, you know, had any sort of expectation of coming out and, and being really dominant. So I think it was a mix of all that, but those younger players definitely stepped up and, you know, I I was so proud to see how, how much progress they made from preseason until just throughout the season until the final four. And I'm so proud of them and I'm so excited to see, you know, they're all returning next year. I'm I'm excited to watch and, and see what they do next, but yeah, no, they're, they're awesome. And, and, you know, to have the confidence also to come in as, as an underclassman and play on the biggest stage is just, they, they took it like champs and, and they were tossed around a couple of times, but you know, they shut down some of the best players in the country. So it was really, really exciting to be a part of that and their journey.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned Holly, please forgive me for not mentioning her. She was a second team all American. So yeah, she was incredible. (laughs) Um, And then obviously you had a great season as well. Did you think, uh, just one more question about the defense. I feel like coming into the season, like you were like the one kind of guarantee. There had been a lot of turnover in recent years um, with Hannah Hyatt graduating, Brooke Troy, and then some, even going back to the the first two national championships, there was a lot of turnover and there wasn't a lot of returning faces. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of question marks going into the season of like, who's going to fill these roles? Because in, in the COVID shortened year, you had a few more players that, Uh, that were seniors, they decided not to return. So did, did you, were you, I don't even know how to ask this question, honestly, Um, going into the season, were you kind of worried about the defense? Obviously you said you took a leadership role. What was your mindset going into the season about the defense? Because like you said, y'all weren't expected to do much, but then as the season went on, it was, it was incredible defense.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous. I think, you know, I, it's it's always scary having to rebuild a unit and you know but but I was never nervous because I I knew that we had so many people that could step in and and step up and 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 add so much to the unit it was it was more of just trying to you know sort through who would play well together you know who who plays the best where on the field so it, it definitely wasn't nerve-wracking it was more exciting in the sense that you know we're starting from you know pretty much we're, we're starting from, from scratch, but we have so many different players that can step in and, you know, and just be forces on defense. And like I said before, just athleticism is a huge part um, of, of being a good defender. And on top of that, just one, one thing that we always focus on um, at BC is just trust and, you know, having each other's backs and, and our defensive slogan is all eight, all in. So it was really just finding, what eight players were gonna, you know, be able to step out on the field and, and do their job um, in addition to having their teammates back. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily nerve wracking, um, but it was, it was definitely just more exciting. And and we had we had so much, um, me and my my coach Jen Ken, we had so many conversations about, you know, where we're we gonna go, who we were gonna go with, and, you know, so it was exciting and and we had a lot of depth. Um, I think we had the most defenders, uh, on like throughout our bench this season so we knew that on any given day anybody could step up and I think that was also something that was so special about our unit was how much depth that we had
1: Mm -hmm. um I would love to talk about you and your season a little bit um fast forwarding to the final four you were you were injured can you kind of explain like how that happened and what that was like having to watch from the sidelines
0: yeah, uh, it was really devastating in our um, elite eight game versus Notre Dame. Um, I I'd made a cause turnover, and and I was just running down the field with the ball, and you know I just went to go step with my right foot um, and outlet pass to somebody, and I I just felt you know a pop that wasn't wasn't obviously uh, didn't obviously feel good, and I, I tried to just run back on defense and um, sort of forget about it, but you know, it just became too much. And uh, I ended up having to take myself off the field. And originally I just thought that it was a minor tweak. And so I hopped up on the table, I had our trainer tape it. Um, and this one, I wanted to go try and, you know, run again. There was just something that felt off. Um, so I, you know, I, I wasn't worried at all. I knew that my team was going to be able to get it done. And, um, it, but it definitely was heartbreaking having to watch, you know, the rest of that game from the sideline, but you know, soon, soon come to find out that it was a little bit more serious than I um, had originally thought. So being sidelined for the final four was, was definitely devastating and obviously not how I intended um, to finish out my career, but there was never any doubt in my mind that um, my teammates weren't going to get it done. And we had to put in so much work and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd worked with all the, the defenders all season long. So I was confident that they were going to be able to get it done. And, and they did. So as devastating as it was, it, you know, we reached our ultimate goal and, and that, that feeling, you know, is, is just indescribable. And, um, you know, so it sort of outweighed the the pain from the injury, um, being able to clinch that trophy. So as sad as it was, it was also one of the happiest weekends of my life. So I don't really look back and I I don't really dwell. I just sort of, um, you know, I celebrated with my teammates and obviously it's something I'm going to remember the rest of my life
1: for sure. Um, do you know uh, what exactly the injury was?
0: Yeah, so it, it was um, basically just a stress fracture um, type thing. It, I never really got, uh, I want, never really wanted to get an MRI just because we were so late in the season and, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really going to make any difference for me. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much, it was just a strain, but it was a pretty bad one. And I, I was in a boot, I was on crutches for a while, actually <laughs> for my graduation, I was crutching across the stage and then, um, you know, I was put in a boot and I did my best to, you know, ice elevate, do everything that I possibly could to, you know, better my chances of getting out there. But at the end of the day, I, I wasn't a hundred percent and I wasn't going to put my team in that position, um, you know, stepping out on the, the biggest stage of of the year so yeah that was ultimately what it was but um it was a lot worse than i thought it was going to be
1: all right um could you talk you i know you've already mentioned it here and there but just going back to losing three straight national championships and then finally getting over the hump as in as in any other sport for lacrosse if you're going to put yourself in position to win the championship you're also putting yourself in the exact same position to come up one game short and feel the most pain you could possibly feel by losing the championship. And y'all went through that three years in a row. So, going into the fourth year, could you talk about um, what your mindset was going into it, even though you weren't playing and putting yourself in that position to be on top of the lacrosse world, but also come up one game short? And then, could you talk about what it was like um, when, y- when y'all did win the game and you finally achieved what? y'all had been so close to achieving year after year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, falling short three years in a row, I think, you know, the heartbreak was, was, was so much. And from our coaching staff to the players, to the alum, I think, you know, you, you pour your heart and soul into every season to get to that stage and falling short three years in a row row is, is, was, was super tough. And, but I think it obviously fueled our fire heading into this season and this final four, but you know, the mindset heading into to this game and, and this weekend, there wasn't really much thought, uh, you know, you try to block out the, the previous years because each year, when you make it to that stage, again, you're, you're coming with a new team and a new perspective. And so I think heading in to this, this year and, um, you know, we, we were just, we tried to simplify things. That was our our biggest thing this year, because we knew how important every minute um, of each game was going to be. And so, you know, Friday night we stepped out and, and our job was to to beat UNC and it was, you know, to play 60 minutes of lacrosse. We weren't thinking about years past. We weren't, you know, giving into what was being said on the media or the rankings or anything like that. We focused on each other and we focused on lacrosse because like I said before our coaches said to us it's not always the best team that wins it's it's the team that shows up and plays the best that day so I think that obviously losing three times in a row that that heartbreak fueled uh deep down inside you know the heart that we were playing and what we were p- playing for this time around um but again it was it was simplifying things for us and I think you know after after beating UNC Acacia looked at us and, and she said You know, this is awesome like we just beat UNC but like who cares you guys like who cares if we beat UNC if if we don't come out and we don't beat Syracuse because we've seen it in years past like we we make it to the national championship stage and you know we fall short so our semifinal win means nothing because we didn't accomplish what we came to accomplish so I think heading into the national championship game like I said, we just, we focused on each other and we focused on the game plan and and everybody, you know, dialed into what their job was. And we, you know, it was awesome having our fans travel with us, but, you know, we try, you know, we try not to even look up in the stands because it was, it was a fairly big crowd. So I think just staying in the moment and, and, you know, recognizing how precious each play, each possession is, I think that was, that was what carried us, you know, to the end and, and through that game. And, when the, I was actually lucky enough, you know, I, I was put out on the field, the final couple minutes of the game and we were sort of in our hold ball scenario because we were up by a couple, you know, we are just, they, they pulled their goalie and they had an extra man on the field. They were just trying to get the ball back. And I think, you know, that moment just being able to be out on the field, um, you know, after, after three years of falling short and watching the clock wind down and, you know, you just sit there and you're like, Oh my gosh, like we finally did it. So I think just when that final whistle blew, it was just, it was so much, there's so much joy and so much excitement. And, you know, I just immediately broke down and, and started sobbing and, you know, I was able to celebrate with all of my teammates and, and seeing the look on all my teammates faces and, and, you know, our coaches faces, it, it was just such an amazing moment. And then being able to, you know, grab that trophy and, and run it over to the sideline to all of our alumni, because we, truly could not have gotten there again, if it, if it hadn't been for the girls who had came before us and, you know, they built this program into what it, what it is today. And I think it was just such a a special moment because after so much heartbreak, I think, you know, we finally can say that we're national championships champions. And it was, it was just so fun to be able to share that with everybody and, you know, finally say that we did it. So yeah, it it was truly awesome. And something, you know, a moment that I'm never going to forget.
1: So I definitely want to continue to talk about um, like the celebration afterwards and what you were saying about the people who came before you and kind of laid the foundation. Mm-hmm. Just um, going back to the mindset, yeah. you see it a lot in other sports when teams make it to the championship game the next year, they might be terrible, but they might not be terrible, but usually they don't make it back to a championship game after losing. And I feel like so much good should be said about the program as a whole for year after year to be able to pick yourself back up and get to the national championship game. Even if you you hadn't made it to three straight national championships, the team was great every single season. And that's, I mean, that's obviously the sign of a, a great program, not just a great team, but to pick yourself up year after year was incredible. And I would just love your perspective on like, how long did it take you after those losses to like pick yourself back up and get going for the next season? Or was there any type of hangover, when fall practices or fall workouts would start.
0: You know, not really. I think obviously the the couple of weeks after each national championship were the toughest, you know, cuz not only like are you suffering the heartbreak, but you're no longer alongside your teammates and coaches and you know, you're not playing, you're not practicing every day. So so things definitely start to slow down so you have more time to just sort of let things resonate and obviously you can't ignore the media and everything that's being posted, um, you know, that that you lost again. So, but, you know, I think for me, it was, you know, I gave myself a couple of weeks to let things, uh, you know, sort of set in and play out and I let myself feel all the emotions, but, you know, come July when we come back together and, get talking with our trainers again and they send out the workout packet that was that was sort of when I just shut things off and I was like all right hey like it's time to get back on the horse and and, in this time you're just gonna be working that much harder and you have you know you come into the fall and you have that much more of a chip on your shoulder um playing I I don't think you know I don't think the losses lingered for for that long I don't think they lingered heading into the fall I think you know we just we have so much fun together as, as a team and I think when we came back Finally came back all together in the fall. It was we just wanted to have fun and we just wanted to start, you know, building connections and 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 strengthening our skills and having fun as a team. So, as sad as as sad as each year was, I think come the fall we were just ready to turn the page. And you know, it's true testament to our coaching staff and Acacia and and how she's able to just rally us and and motivate us to get back to work. And you know, obviously her slogan is dream big, and we're we're all behind her in that. And and she gets you know, all the fresh, each new year when a new freshman class comes in, she gets them on board. And I think that's what makes our program so special. Is just, you know, our perseverance and, you know, we, we play for each other. We play, we have so much love for each other and on and off the field. And I think that's why we've been so successful in the past. It's not, you know, you don't dwell on each year. You see each year as a new opportunity to be successful. And I think that was sort of what carried us to, especially through this, this year, I think, coming off the COVID year, you know, everybody was, was, was heartbroken from that. So um, I think for me and Kara in particular, suffering three losses and then having the heartbreak of our senior year coming to a close, you know, this season, everybody showed up and and they were playing with a little extra heart and a little bit um, of just a larger love for the, the sport of lacrosse. So I think that was also part of our recipe for success this year was just Loving the game and, and never taking each day for granted. Um, I think you know being able to step out there and and hold your stick and um, have fun with your teammates was was something that we were looking forward to and and you know definitely pulled us through and got us back uh, to the final four. But yeah, it was it was definitely such a fun journey and and I would I wouldn't change any of it.
1: That's awesome. Uh, please forgive me. Please don't hate me. I should say for bringing up those losses. I just wanted to get your <laughs> perspective on them just because. It was just so inspiring for me to to see that each team come back year after year and that, that was just super inspiring i remember after um after y'all lost to maryland at johns hopkins i messaged lauren daily and i was like keep your head up all this stuff and that was just like me as a fan and i was like and then we yeah. exchanged some messages and i was like it's super inspiring to see what y'all have done and the impact y'all have had and so i feel like in a way the, the story of BC Lacrosse is even better than what it would have been if if not for those three losses because y'all just came back year after year and like I said that's just so inspiring and so commendable in, in so many different ways so that's why I just wanted to bring that up and get your perspective on that.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, as tough as as it is to talk about those three losses, I think that you know they're a part of us and and they made us into the program that we are today and. I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, the the timing wasn't right those last three years, but um, you know, they helped us learn, learn, and they helped us become a stronger team. And there were things that we hadn't prepared for in those three games that, that we knew we had to prepare for this time around. So, you know, I think that each year we learned something different about our team and, and about final four weekend as a whole. And I think, our preparation our, our coaches oh my god they were just so dialed in and so tuned in and our practices you know even leading up to the uh, elite eight um, you know we are we are doing a bunch of different scenario work and we were preparing for everything we pulled, we pulled out all the stops and we just wanted to make sure that we are putting ourselves in the best position possible um, in order to get over that hump and in order to finally win that national championship game i think each, each year that we lost, we, you know, we took something from that and we just carried it into the, um, the next couple of years. And I think that that's, you know, that's something that makes us special. So as tough as it is is to talk about, it's, it's something that's a part of us and it, you know, it only made us stronger. So, Mm
1: -hmm. so now for like the more, you know, the happy stuff, um, going, uh, going forward so you, you win the national championship game and then after after the game there's so much emotion um and obviously i think what jumped out to a lot of people watching was kara urbank you know watching her for four years she's like the tough person i always tell people you don't want to mess with kara urbank now because she's gonna <laughs> get you so um and then after the game just to like see her she she just she just broke down and to see someone like that who's just like a a tough person at least on the field that's the like the persona and then to see her like all that emotion after the game that was just I don't want to say surreal but it was just crazy to see and it and it showed everyone how like how much it meant to finally win the big game um could you talk about like what it was like not just seeing her but what it was like feeling all the emotion you felt and like seeing everyone else feel that emotion because you can finally kind of let your guard down in a way because you finally won the game
0: Mm -hmm. no most definitely I mean Kara has you know she has worked so hard ever since she stepped foot on campus her freshman year she she's a hard worker she's determined you know she's battled a couple injuries throughout her career um but she yeah she's tough man and she been a leader for this team also uh for so many years so I think I think for her and I in particular you know we had to watch um each senior class you know walk, walk away from from their careers falling short of their goal and I think each year that that happened was devastating and and you know we sort of stepped into this final four weekend and we didn't want that to be us so because um, we knew how hard it was for them to have to handle that sort of end to their career after working so hard for four years. Um, so I think you know the, the moment that we had realized we won, it was just it was so surreal and yeah, you, you just there's there's nothing else you can do but just just cry tears of joy because it's just the hard work that you pour in for for so long and all the sacrifices that you make um, in order to come back is, is just sort of what makes you know what makes this game so special so i think that you know we we looked at each other and we just sort of we were crying tears of joy but it was just sort of you know it was so overwhelming and we did it we could just look at each other and say that we did it after after 4 years so and we and we did it for everybody else too you know all those seniors that weren't able to get it done and had to walk away you know trophy less i think that was so hard for us because they were, they were our leaders and and we looked up to them so much. So I think finally, you know, this was our last year and, and, you know, we knew that, that we didn't have, we weren't going to have a second chance after this. So I think that's what made it extra special and just sort of cued the waterworks for the both of us.
1: Hey, the waterworks create good TV. So it's all good. (laughs) Um, is that, is that moment is that something that's more important than winning the national championship game? And almost just because like, it's, 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 such a pure moment and like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it other than it's such a pure moment. And you,
0: can't, you really can't, right. You can't even put it into where it's really, but, but pure is a good way to describe it.
1: So would you, would you say that's definitely a moment you're going to remember the rest of your life, no matter what?
0: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, you know, we were Kara and I or Kara gave uh, a pregame speech when we were in the hotel and, and, and she was talking about how, you know, you you pick up the stick at, at a young age and, and, you know, you enjoy the game, but you just, you look back on how many like years you've, you've put into bettering yourself. And, and I think, you know, it's that Mia Hamm quote that you play for that little girl who, who picked up a stick one day and, you know, it's everybody's ultimate goal goal to win a national championship. So I think, I think there was just a lot that, um, we were grateful for, you know, we had, we had so much support, um, this season, but in, in, in all the following seasons, we had, we always had so much support and from our alumni to our family and our friends and us, and particularly our administration, um, throughout the COVID year because there was so much stop and go and there were so many battles that we had to, you know, sort of fight through as a team. So I think that, that also, um, sort of added to what made that moment so special was, was just how challenging the, the, the season was with, with COVID and, and being COVID tested and, you know, having to make a lot of sacrifices in order to keep the team and our coaches safe. Um, I think, you know, as, as captains, it's, it's hard to, to sort of keep everybody going, um, you know, during COVID and, and motivated. And, um, so I think, I think just, yeah, it just made that moment extra special knowing how much we had battled through, um, together as a team on, on and off the field this past year. So to finally say that we're national championships, national champions, excuse me, um, after such a hard year also made that moment so special
1: for sure. Um, how, I don't know, um, I don't know how meaningful the interview was to the, to the players, but did did you see um, your coach's interview after the game when she's talking and she's like everyone, a part of this program, won a national championship today. And if you, and like, I'm not sure how long it took you to see that, but what are your thoughts on that interview and specifically that one quote, because I feel like it could not be any more true. Mm-hmm.
0: No. Yeah. I saw, I saw that interview. Um, I, I most definitely cried watching it. <laughs> okay. She's just so good with her words, but Yeah, no, she's so right. I think that, you know, our team won a national championship, but, you know, so did everybody who's been along our journey with us from the people, from our alumni, again, to our parents and our administration, everybody was a national champion that day because we we would not have gone to that stage if it weren't for everybody who came before us. Um, So I think she's, she's most definitely right. And, and, you know, we were so excited to run the trophy over and share it with everybody and. You know, we didn't even want to hold on to it. We, we wanted to. I remember I was holding the trophy and and I just held it up above my head in front of all the stand, uh, all the fans and um, and our alumni. And I think I passed it off to like Covey Stanwick, who I never even played with, but mm-hmm. you know she was such a stud when she was here um, playing for BC. She was you know one of the top attackers um, that to ever come through the program. So I mean, there's so many people um, that that you know we wanted to give the trophy to. But yeah, I think you know everybody everybody who has come through this program and has supported us was a national champion also
1: yeah that was that was definitely a cool a super cool um scene afterwards and even like just getting on instagram during the game and seeing all the alums posting on their stories that they're at the game and stuff it's like just super cool you know um and then what was it it was um Oh my gosh okay I completely just lost my train of thought that's a little awkward um
0: that was was so cool
1: yeah it was it was just a super cool scene um and then could you talk about what it was like afterwards I think I went to a restaurant and obviously it was just looked like a crazy time so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was crazy um but yeah no we we just you know we we went out after but we we finally got to see our parents and, and see our friends and everybody who made the trip down to Towson, you know, because throughout the season, we weren't, we weren't able to, you know, celebrate with our, our families after wins and, you know, go see our friends and, you know, celebrate with them. Um, yeah. So we, we just sort of all met up after and, and again, sort of just let it, let it all sink in and, and celebrate with each other. And, you know, just like there was so, there was so much like, I guess there's just so many different challenges throughout the year um so just to sort of let loose and be with our friends and family with the trophy and and celebrate you know the success um what was was just so awesome and you know I'm, moments i'm never gonna never gonna forget wish i could relive i'm
1: sure you have some good uh images and videos from that from that <laughs> yeah <laughs> too many, too many. <laughs> um also, I just want to say that I think it's super cool about the neon yellow shirts. I feel like that really separates the BC fans and it obviously makes them very noticeable for one, but I feel like that's just a super, a super cool thing. I'm not sure when that got started exactly, but just as a fan, that's just, it's just super cool to see that every year.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that's all Acacia. That's all Acacia's doing. I mean, it just it's just sort of the staple that she started. And 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 you know, I also love it. I think it, it, you know it makes it makes our our fan section pop. And you know, it's just everybody's you know rocking the neon shirts nowadays. And it just sort of you know we we love our maroon and gold. We love our uniforms. Um, you know, we would never want to change that. But I think it's it's just something special to to BC Lacrosse and you know, our fan base to, to be sporting the neon at all of our games. I think it's, it's something that's really special.
1: Absolutely. I still have yet to get my hands on one of those shirts, but the day I do is going to be a very exciting day.
0: (laughs) I got you. I'll hook you up with one. Oh,
1: appreciate it. (laughs) Um, So do you have any uh, final thoughts you want to share about winning the national championship um, before we go to the biggest surprise of the season?
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's just, you know, it was a long time coming. It was, it was a really fun journey Um, I think it's a really cool story and and I hope that it inspires, you know, young athletes to, to chase their dreams and, and to never give up because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter how many times you fall down. It it matters how many times you get back up. And I think that's sort of something that, that our team proved to be true. So I think it's just awesome. And and I hope that, you know, people continue to follow along uh, with our team and, and our team's journey because You know, it was a long time coming, but I I also think that we're just getting started as a program. So I'm also excited to, you know, just uh, join the alumni network and then cheer from the sideline. But um, definitely, I wouldn't change anything about my experience. And um, it, it was truly awesome to say that, you know, I played for BC lacrosse and it's just it's such a such an awesome program to be a part of.
1: Very cool. Very cool um so going on to our final segment of the show the biggest surprise of the season so I have two teams I want to let you start though just to see what you have obviously the biggest surprise for me would not be Boston College winning I think maybe the bigger surprise would be Boston College being ranked 17th I think it was the start of the (laughs) season I don't know what was going on with that that was crazy (laughs) but um (laughs) and I also sticking with that for one second I saw that um it might have been the the same day y'all won the national championship, but Rachel Hall posted a screenshot of those rankings on her Instagram story with like, ha ha. And I was like, that is, that is just gold right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think coming in ranked 17th obviously fuels the fire a little bit. And I think we sort of came together and, and we just made that part of our identity. You know, I think um, we really fed off of just like the underdog mentality, you know, and, and, and you come in ranks 17th, you don't have anything to lose. You you have everything to gain. So um, I think that, you know, heading into preseason and and also coming off again the COVID year and not having played for a while, I think there, were, there was just like a lot that we had to prove and wanted to prove. So I think heading into our first game against um, Albany, I think, we sort of, you know, we don't, we don't pay too much attention to the rankings, but, um, but I think it definitely was in the back of our heads. And, you know, we just sort of came out on the field and, and there was just a different spark and everything fell together. Um, and obviously, you know, we wanted to win, but we took it game by game. But um, yeah, coming in ranked 17th, there, there wasn't a lot of people who were, who were thinking we were going to make it back to the final four. So uh, it definitely was, um, you know, it, it fueled us and motivated us to just get better each day.
1: Yeah, and going into that first game of the season, y'all put everyone on notice, all those crazy voters, talking to all the D1 coaches out there. Um, so anyways, what is your biggest surprise, or what was your biggest surprise of the 2021 season?
0: Um, I mean, that's, that's a good question, just because I, I think there, there was so much. Um, but the, the biggest surprise, I mean, I think it was honestly just you know, everyone, you know, obviously our team making it so far and, and, you know, finally saying we're national champions is a big surprise, but um, I guess it was also, I mean, not necessarily the biggest surprise, but there are other teams that sort of started to make a name for themselves um, in their leagues, like Jacksonville and Drexel. And I think it was cool. when the selection show um, was on seeing, you know, some new faces and, and some new teams there, because I think, like I said before, I think, um, a lot of people just started to, or a lot of teams, excuse me, started to, you know, have more standout players. And and again, like there are more people stepping up and there's just, there was just so much good lacrosse. And I think on any given day, it could have been anybody's game. Um, you know, I think, I guess in terms of the biggest surprise, everybody sort of just thought that UNC was going to win and, you know, they're being called America's team and they had just had so many different weapons obviously with like Kerrigan Miller transferring, um, and Taylor Marino and Jamie Ortega being Toriton finalists. They, they had, I mean, they had it all. So I guess, you know, obviously our team winning, but I think the next biggest surprise was, was just them not winning, you know, cause mm-hmm. I think it was just so much talk for so long that, that they were going to do it. And, you know, most people just like, sort of, you know, put money on them to win it all. Um, so I think I think that was probably just the next biggest surprise was them was them just falling short. But yeah, I have I mean, I'm not biased or anything at all, but I think I think I just have to of be alongside along you with just just, uh, you know, our team being able to get it done.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Um, So I agree with you. You actually mentioned one of the teams I was going to say Drexel. They had the most wins in program history. They had two All-Americans, which for a team out of the CAA, not named James Madison, to have two All-Americans is a super big deal. Um, and both of their All-Americans, Carson Harris and Colleen Grady, are coming back next season, which is going to be super exciting for them. And I think that will be great for the sport of lacrosse. Just like you said, this year there was so much great lacrosse. Next season, I feel like it's going to be just as good. Well, at least I hope it'll be just as good. Um And so for a team like Drexel to have the season they had, they also have a superstar freshman, Corinne Bednarik. Hopefully I did not butcher that name. I love watching her play. She is amazing. Um, So Drexel, they were a great surprise. And then in another episode, we're going to have to talk about their head coach deciding to leave because I got something to say about that one now. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Have you know, we could spend a whole
1: episode talking about that for sure, yeah. Um, and then I would also say Rutgers, they were super exciting to watch all season long. Um, Melissa, Melissa Lehman, their head coach, it was basically her first full season because of the COVID shortened year, yep. Or was it her first or second, one or the other? Anyway, she's pretty new on the job, so yep. um. And I don't know, it was just something about them. And the Big Ten was super crowded with a a bunch of good teams that were just beating up on each other. And they just seemed to, to me at least, to stand out. They played a very fun style of lacrosse. And they were just very fun to watch. They actually won a tournament game. They beat Drexel in the first round. So, And they also have a young team. So I'm super excited to watch them next season based on what they did this season. Um, They finished 14th in the final poll. Drexel was 15th. And also... Since I am a little nerdy, I have to throw this stat out there. Um, they did—they did not win any conference games in 2019, and they only won a single game in the in conference in 2018. This year in conference, obviously, it was conference only schedule, so they had more chances. But they—they they went five and seven in conference, and like I said, they're in the Big Ten, so that's a big jump. And so I just feel like that program has a lot of momentum right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to continue it, obviously, because you have Michigan. Um, Johns Hopkins is coming off a really good year. Penn state is always going to be ranked and then Maryland is always going to be Maryland. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, those are the two teams that were the biggest surprises for me this past season.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I'd have to agree. I think, you know, when you get the right mix of leadership along with new talent, there's there's just a different type of energy. And I think that these teams, you know, they're able to figure that out this season and um, you know, when you're when you're facing, especially in the Big Ten and the ACC, when you're facing top teams every day, you're only going to become a stronger stronger team because of it. So I think that had a lot to do. It was, it was just the whole season. It was just iron sharpening iron. I'd like to say, and then I think especially in the Big Ten, it allowed for you know those teams like Rutgers to be able to to step up and and make more of a name for themselves.
1: For sure, for sure. And also, I would, I would just like to say this because I know you can't say it well, you can, you can say it, just not unbiasedly, Uh, or is that a word unbiasedly? Anyways, um, the ACC was just, they were, the ACC was just an amazing conference this past season and they really had all the big storylines. And honestly, I think going into next season it's going to be a lot of the same because you have Charlotte North coming back. I don't know how they made it this far into the show with just not mentioning her name, but it's all good. (laughs) She gets enough press. So um, (laughs) um, you have Charlotte North coming back. You have a ton of players coming back for North Carolina Jamie Ortega, Taylor Marino, um, Scotty Rose Growney, and honestly, a little bit of a a preview for maybe another episode, but I feel like North Carolina has taken the place of Boston College in the fact that they haven't been able to get over the hump, and their hump, quite honestly, (laughs) has been Boston College. Um, So I feel like even going into next season, all the focus is going to be on the ACC again. And hopefully the Big Ten can make some things happen. Some teams will step up and kind of elevate themselves because it's good when you have parity, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like right now it's the ACC, and then there's everybody else.
0: Yeah, no, definitely the ACC is is definitely the most dominant league. And I think this past year there was there was a, a mix of a lot of young talent, um, but also veteran experience. So I think you know when you put those two things together um, you know, team teams are just super strong because of it. And, you know, for people coming in, in high school and and are looking to play at the collegiate level, I think obviously people target the ACC because they know how competitive it is. Um, you know, all the ACC teams are bringing in top recruits. So it only strengthens, um, you know, each individual team, but also the conference, um, as a whole, when you're bringing in, you know, such stud athletes, um, and also, you know, people just, just getting that much better throughout their careers. Uh, I think that's, what's, you know, that's, what's just so special with the ACC and and there are so many, um, players who get honorable mentions and, you know, all Americans and who are, you know, going out for, uh, trying out for the USA team. I think the ACC is just so stacked and and it's only going to continue to, um, get stronger because of, of the people that are, that are looking to play, you know, the best of the best are looking to play in the ACC. Um, and we see, we saw this past season that, that three out of the four final four teams were, were ACC. So, which, which isn't necessarily always the case. So I, you know, I, I think the big 10, again, they were playing only in conference games. So it was a little bit different this year. Um, but I think, you know, the ACC is definitely most dominant. Um, and, you know, as a player, I think I can, I can say that it's, it was so fun to play um, with an ACC and play against some of those top teams.